0: When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I wonder if any of you remember a movie called Miss Congeniality. Some of you do. It was a movie that premiered in 2000 and starred Sandra Bullock as an FBI agent who had to infiltrate a beauty pageant. Yes, it's a comedy. During the interview portion of the pageant competition, the host of the show, William Shatner, asked one of the contestants, the very ditzy Miss Rhode Island, to describe her perfect date. She paused and thought about it and said, that's a tough one. I'd have to say April 25th. (laughs) Because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. And you can see Shatner's face just dropping with disbelief because, as you surmised already, the question was about the perfect date night. The perfect date. December 25th seems like the perfect date for Christmas, but it wasn't always so. In the book, The First Christmas, the authors explain that, in fact, nobody knows the day, the month, or the season of the year of Jesus' birth. The date of December 25th was not decided upon until the middle of the 300s, around 300 years after Jesus. Before then, Christians celebrated his birth at different times, including March, April, May, and November. But around the year 350, Pope Julius in Rome declared December 25th as the date thereby integrating it with the Roman Winter Solstice Festival, celebrating the birthday of the unconquered sun, S-U-N. The Roman birthday of the sun, S-U-N, then became the Christian birthday of the sun, S-O-N. Julius tied this Christian celebration in with the Roman observance, and here's your vocabulary word for tonight, as a form of syncretism synchronizing these observances, which was frequently done at this time between the Roman and the Christian calendars. But most importantly, that date fell on their winter solstice, which was December 25th then, December 21st for us. And so Julius determined that the perfect date in the entire calendar to celebrate Christmas was on the shortest day And the longest and darkest night of the year. This is where he thought Christmas should go, the date that he thought suited Christmas best. So that on Christmas we might celebrate that in the middle of the night, on the longest night of the year, the time of deepest darkness, Jesus is born. Tonight we find ourselves in our second pandemic Christmas. Last year we were just online, and this year we are hybrid. Last year, there were just five of us here in the sanctuary, and now there are many more here and worshiping with us online, so we've made progress. But this week has felt like a punch in the gut with the new Omicron variant and its hyper transmissibility. You know, I never thought that the most enduring gift from taking two years of biblical Greek in divinity school would be that it would help me to keep track of all the COVID variants— Alpha, beta, gamma, delta, epsilon, zeta, eta, theta, iota, kappa, lambda, mu, nu, xi, omicron, and so on. We were already tired of it, weren't we? And burned out before this. We had largely adapted ourselves to Delta, and now here we are again. I know many folks have had to change their Christmas plans at the last minute this week. Some of you who are planning to be here in person are worshiping with us online. And it's not just COVID, of course but everything that we bring here with us tonight. For many, this is the first Christmas without a loved one. For some, it's the first Christmas following a divorce. Or it marks another round of family tensions and hard conversations, tough choices about being apart or together with family during the holidays, or just the bone-tired weariness of it all, or anxiety, depression, anger, or frustration. And many in our Upper Dublin community are still recovering from the September tornado with too many houses still covered in blue tarps on these cold nights. But this is exactly the kind of moment that Julius, in his wisdom, thought that Christmas should be celebrated. So that tonight, in the midst of all of this, we can claim and celebrate that in times of deep darkness, Jesus is born. Tonight, like Mary and Joseph, we hold fast to our faith and the promises of God. And with Mary and Joseph, we joyfully discover that this is precisely where God comes into the world, to be with us. In the face of this divine little baby, our fears can give way to trust. Our conflicts give way to peace. Our cynicisms give way to hope. And you know the Christmas story. It, too, was a dark and difficult time. We hear about imperial emperors and governors whose census forced Mary and Joseph to leave their home in Nazareth and travel to Bethlehem when Mary was very, very pregnant. And there is no place to stay when they arrive, no room at the inn. And so Jesus is born outside in a stable, laid in a manger, surrounded by animals. There is every dimension of darkness in this story that we might imagine. Oppression. Oppression fear, displacement, confusion, loneliness, and inhospitality. This is no way to start a family or to welcome the birth of God's Son. But nonetheless, it is here in the middle of the night, in the longest night of the year, the time of deepest darkness, that Jesus is born. The Christmas story reminds us that Jesus doesn't wait to show up until things are better or more peaceful or calm. Jesus doesn't wait to show up until we know what we're doing and have things figured out. Jesus doesn't wait to show up until we have all of our stuff together and we are more presentable. Jesus shows up right now, right in the complicated, messy beauty of our lives. Jesus shows up when things feel dark. Throughout the scriptures, we read that darkness has always been a place of possibility and potentiality of new birth and resurrection, whether it's the darkness that covered the face of the deep that God uses to bring forth creation in Genesis, or when Jonah was saved and held in the belly of the fish for three days, whether it was the darkness of Mary's womb that carried Jesus, or the tomb in which Jesus was laid and from which he rose again, or a dark Bethlehem night that quietly heralds the transformation of the world. The darkness is where God does some of God's very best work. Living through the times that we are, there is wisdom in befriending that darkness, and in doing so, finding God there, just as we will do tonight when we lower the house lights and turn on our candles or glow sticks and sing, Silent Night, Holy Night. Here we rediscover what ancient Christian spiritual teachers have called the luminous darkness of God. Cole Arthur Riley, the creator of Black Liturgy, says that in this season we remind ourselves that darkness actually has a unique capacity to bear the divine. And she points to a novel by Zora Neale Hurston called Their Eyes Were Watching God. And one scene in particular where the characters were all huddled up together sheltering in the face of a storm. And it says, they seem to be staring at the dark but their eyes were watching God. They seemed to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. And so it is with us. For God is just as home with us in the darkness as in the light. Psalm 139 says, If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Even when we can't see, God can. Even when we don't know, God does. Even when we feel lost, we are never lost to God. That is why Christmas was placed on the longest night of the year. It is the perfect date. For through Jesus, the darkness gives birth to the light as the heavenly host of angels emerge from the night sky and fill it with light and song and sing glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. The shepherds visit Jesus and Mary and Joseph and they return to their flock glorifying and praising God. And the star of Bethlehem held high in the night sky leads the Magi to the manger. They find the Christ child and give him their gifts, And transformed, they return home by another way. And tonight, having drawn near to the manger, we are changed. Whether like the shepherds heading home, glorifying and praising God. Or like the magi having our steps reordered and walking through this world in a new way. Or like Mary, simply pondering all these things in our hearts. Tonight, Jesus comes to us just when we need it the most. And he is always here with us in our joy and in our sorrows, in our delight, in our despair, in our weariness, and in our wonder. Jesus is here. Emmanuel, God with us, tonight and always. To others, it may seem that we are staring at the dark, but our eyes are watching God. Amen.